0: Thank you for listening today to the Kingdom Business Coaching KBC Keys podcast and now your hosts, the co-founders of Kingdom Business Coaching, Patrice Gay, Scott Landis, and Deborah Schlott.
1: Welcome to the KBC Keys podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Gay, with Scott Landis and Deborah Schlott, the co-founders of KBC and the co-hosts of this podcast. Debra Scott, welcome back again.
0: So excited to be here. Yes, thanks Patrice.
1: It's good to know that we still have podcast jobs. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't canceled this yet. We haven't canceled us yet. We're still in the air. All right. So we've been talking about this whole idea of the KBC keys to kingdom business success or the three keys to kingdom business success. And we've been talking about the relationship key. We've kind of laid our foundation. And today we're going to conclude on this relationship key. We're going to talk about how do you walk out the relationship key? How do you walk this out in a way that's honorable? Um, we've stated in the past podcast that the there are about 10 relationships that are important or, or categories of relationships that are important for us to honor in business. The first one was God self, family, friends. We didn't have friends though all the time. We added that as Debbie brought that up. Investors, employees, vendors, customers, and the relationship within the community where you do business. And the idea was that all of these are your neighbors. You know, think about God is, you know, to love the Lord God and your neighbor as yourself. Self is obvious, but then then your neighbor is from family to community, all of those folks are your neighbors. So your neighbor is not one person, but it's several people, those that you interact with on a regular basis, those that you do business with, those that you meet along the way of life, right? Those are your neighbors. So today we're going to talk about how do you honor these people? So a lot of folks, how do you honor these people? So I'm going to start with you, Scott. So let's start with the general principle, a general guidelines. You know, I'm listening to the and say, okay. What's some things to keep in mind as I strive to honor these relationships? What are some things that you wish, Scott?
0: From a general perspective, I mean, I think we've talked about it before that relationships lead to unity. Like if that's the goal, unity, how do you get that? And what comes to mind for me are um, concepts like intimacy, um, creating connection, mm. um, you know uh, seeking to understand. Mm. Um, It's not necessarily about agreement, but if you can understand, um, acceptance, uh, seeking to accept, seeking to accept yourself, seeking to accept others. Mm -hmm. Um, Some really powerful things that are important are uh, forgiveness and grace.
1: I love it. I love it. What comes to mind is, you know, Stephen Covey wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The Seven Habits. One of them was seek to understand rather to be understood. And, and so you, talk, I like this picture of of unity. So ultimately, it's about um, coming to a place of alignment with these relationships. Coming to a place of um, where where there's a uh, there's a congruence with these relationships. Coming to a place where there's intimacy with these relationship. You know that is not always easy, especially when you may not always agree with these relationships. First, Deborah, your thoughts. You know, what are some things that comes to mind when we talk about How do you walk out these relationships?
2: Well, I think that it's really about having a mindset towards um, uh, honoring and uh, building those relationships and building something deep so that when we don't agree, we don't have um, we still have that. Uh, desire to honor each other, to recognize that we don't agree, but it's all right. We've built kind of a capital uh, of um, time together where we've been able to uh, accept that, that we don't always see everything and we shouldn't see everything the same way.
1: Mm. So Jesus made the statement that greater love than this, that a man will lay down his life for friends. It is a sacrificial Dimension to relationships, isn't it? When you think about the Good Samaritan story mm-hmm. that Jesus shared as he illustrated how to love your neighbor, the Good Samaritan sacrifice, right? He he paid for the, he put his life at risk. He paid for the hotel. He said, hey, if you spend more than I've left over, you know, I'll pay back the rest. It was that he he overextended himself fully for that person's life that he didn't know. So there's a level of sacrifice required I want us to look at 1 Corinthians 13, which really define what love is. And what's interesting, it begins with saying what love is done. It says, if I speak with tongues of men, of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass and a clanking cymbal. In other words, I'm making noise, right? If I, if I speak... To any of these relationships without love, I'm making noise. I'm saying a whole lot of words. Have you have you had people like that? They're saying a whole lot of words, but but you don't feel the intimacy. You don't feel the love. You don't feel they're trying to understand. You feel like they're just trying to shove what they think, what they believe in you, right? They're not listening to you. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have a faith that so I can move mountains, but I have no love, I'm nothing. So he, he says, you know what? As smart as you are, as endowed as you might be, as gifted as you might be, all the things that you have and, you know, as influential as you are, if you don't have love, then you're nothing. You know, in other words, your value, who you are is not measured by your bank account, your position, your prestige, your influence, or even your giftedness is measure how much love you have. So if, if you don't operate in love, all this stuff means nothing. And you've done that. You've met people who have influence, have money, have all these things. But there, there's no love in their hearts. And so they really are small. They're small-minded, insecure, right? You know, I think about when you said the, the Napoleon complex, right? You know, as big as they may be, but they're real small because their their attributes and assets and so far have not done anything to their EQ, their emotional intelligence. And then he says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, I profit nothing. You know, the Bible teaches us that what's well, so a I man sow it, that shows you to reap the importance of giving, right? That truly eternal profit is best uh, realized through your giving. But he's saying here, you know what? If you give, sacrifice, you do all this stuff, but if you don't do it in love, then guess what? You, you, There's no gain to it. There's no eternal gain. Have you known those people who, they give you stuff, whatever that might be, or they invite you over to stay for the week or whatever it may be. And after a while, you feel like you've outdone your welcome, <laughs> right? You know, they call them Indian givers, right? <laughs> you know, they, they give, but they don't really... Want to give or they give is conditional. You don't know what the conditions are But you start feeling it after a while Right, you know by the way, that term Indian giver really comes to the idea that the 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 Europeans when they first came to the u.s They thought in their mind that the Indians actually gave them land, but they didn't realize that in the Indian culture There's no land ownership <laughs> mm. There's no land ownership And so, in their minds, they thought Indians would give it to them. No, 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 no. We were being hospitable to you. This was for temporary use. Because in our culture, we don't have deeds. You know, that idea doesn't exist. So, Indian giver, you gave me something, you're taking it back. No, I never gave it to you. It was on loan, right? I think sometimes we feel that way about God, right? He's an Indian giver, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because we think the stuff that he's put under our care that he's, we own it. No, he is the owner. We are mere stewards. But then the, the Apostle Paul then says, okay, because in here he said, okay, then what then is love? If love is, not, if love is not just giving, love is not just um, you know how gifted you are. Love is not just how eloquent you are. Love is not just how, what is love? He says, here's what love is. Love suffers long. You don't need all that stuff. Love suffers all. I, in other words, are, are you, are you sacrificed with sacrifice others? So that means if I love you, I'm gonna suffer along with you. I'm gonna, he says, love is kind. If I love you, Deborah, I'm gonna be kind to you. Love does not envy. You know, if I love you, I'm gonna rejoice when you get a promotion. I'm gonna get excited for you, Deborah, when things are going well for you. I'm not gonna envy you. Love does not parade itself. I'm not gonna, love doesn't showboat. I'm not, you know, walking through a room saying, look at me. Because that creates what? Envy in other people. It, it creates, it draws a negative out of people. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love, love is not, you can't be rude and love at the same time. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. I, I like the verse that says not easily provoked.
2: Mm.
1: All right? Love doesn't think evil. In other words, love gives people the benefit of the doubt. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love doesn't say, I'm glad I got it. You know, you know, go get them, you know, or, you know, get excited when somebody don't like get in trouble. You know, there's something in you. Love repels that. No, that's not exciting. Mm -hmm. Love rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It never fails. So let's talk about it because these are hard to live. It's a high bar. It's a high bar. So Scott, thoughts?
0: Well... Uh, yeah, that, that as you're reading that, I'm like, okay, sometimes I do that pretty good. Sometimes maybe a lot less than I would like as I read that. Um, as you read that, I'm just like, okay, um, That is to do that consistently all the time, to be able to live that out, and that's love. It's like, wow, um, I strive for it. In, but consistently in my relationship with you or you, I'm, you know, failing most of the time. So that's uh, kind of a scary thought. There.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think of this, you know, kind of summing it up. Um, I've talked before about leadership and self-deception. People's wants, needs, and desires are as important as my own. Mm-hmm. And as you're talking about someone who maybe has acquired things um sometimes they're selfish with that right mm-hmm. it, and it's self-centered mm-hmm. and it's about what i need and what i have to have in order to feel good about who i am but if i'm focused outwardly and i am concerned about those that i'm in relationship with and um seeking to understand uh who they are what what's important to them and how can i um uh be a support to making those things happen um it gives me a better chance to meet most of that list, right? Because mm, mm. I'm like Scott, I, and most of us, uh, we fail at that list. And if we were honest with ourselves at the end of each day, we would be able to look at it and say, well, I've got to work harder on this tomorrow.
1: Mm, good, good. And you're right. I mean, it is tough. It is difficult. That is the bar. Mm. So let's not talk about how do we work out these relationships. So let's start with relationships with God. Because essentially, if you can get that one right, the rest becomes a little easier, Would mm-hmm. you guys agree? Mm-hmm. So, sure. So Scott, what's the one tip you might give someone listening to us to say, you know, what's the one tip on walking out of the relationship with God?
0: I think one tip for me that has been the most helpful, and this is just for me, um, you know, I I realized at some point in my walk with God that that it's not about. Uh, like people, people say, "How's your prayer life?" And you think, "Well, I sat down on the couch and I prayed for five minutes this morning." But that's a checklist. And when I realize that God is with me always, and my prayer life is constant, and you know, in, and in my mind, consciously, I may not be. Uh, thinking of that 100% of the time, but I would like to get to a level that's close there. Like, you know, uh, striving for walking on water, striving for, you know, being intimate with God 100% of the time so that there's no checklist that it's like, you know, a realization that I'm walking and I'm relating with God um, real time, all the time. And there's there's that constant connection. So trying to to re conceptualize in my mind that the connection is not just when you sit down and you look like you're praying, but all the time.
1: Mm, mm. Yeah. Well,
2: that's the that's a, that, and that's really hard to do, isn't it? Mm. Uh, to be that present every moment and knowing um, and, and keeping God with you in each of those moments. Um, uh, for me, I have to be sort of intentional about my schedule mm. and that, uh, you know, I, I used to like to leap out of bed in the morning and with my cell phone in hand and running towards the computer to see what I, what was, you know, happened overnight. And, uh, and I had to discipline myself to set that aside upon that first waking up in the morning and, and saying, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. I had to, had to be in that training mode in order to, um, get my day started that way.
1: Mm. What I'm hearing from both of you guys that the relationship with God is first about intimacy before following along laundry list of bliss. That's right. And and so that intimacy is, and then you mentioned the point being intentional without time, right? Uh, how do you call intimacy? It's time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Presence. And so I've got to look at my schedule and look at how am I spending my time Do I have the white space to be present with God? And the point you make, Scott, is more than just about having the white space to be present with God one time, but it's about a continual process, meaning it's more than just about what I do in the morning first thing, how much time I spend in devotional, but it's about do I take God with me throughout the day? Do I allow him in? You know, Jesus' prayer was "Thy will be done Thy kingdom come It's his will being done in every meeting It's a will being done throughout the day. It's a will. It's his will being done. When I get up, when I lay down, you know, am I walking in his will throughout there because that intimacy denotes an ongoing relational connectivity beyond just going to church religious rituals, but is that ongoing engagement? I'm making decisions. Do I seek him out when I, and so forth now? So, I would think if you're able to do that, have that intimate relationship with God, then it would make it easier for you to then walk in relationship with yourself. Would you guys agree? So let's talk about that. How, how, what is one tip, Scott, in walking a relationship with yourself? What's the one thing you can say that would be helpful in doing that?
0: Well, to me, um, I think a lot of people are walking around and not feeling uh, that they can even accept who they are, accept yeah. themselves. So the key for me to get to a place, I mean, if you can't accept yourself, it makes it difficult to accept others. So, yeah. um, or, you know, as we've been talking, if you can't love yourself, right? So when you realize that in your relationship with God, uh, that he's crazy about you, and he, you know, he's a, a loving father who just wants you to be close to him. And, you know... As a parent, I can relate to that now. You know, I maybe couldn't before I was a parent, but I, I just want my kids to be with me. And it has nothing to do with performance or, you know, what their specific mix of gift skills and abilities and, um, and uh, flaws is, right? Just um, wanting that connection. So if I re- see myself the way God sees me, then that helps to, you know, cross a huge chasm of, you know, how you know there's so many things about me that I don't don't necessarily like, but he's crazy about me, so I think I can get past that.
1: Yeah, I must be okay. What came to mind you shared, um uh, one of my pastors once thought this three concept, which I really love, and I think it may be a good thing for us to illustrate in the book. You talk about accept self, you take it one step back, no self.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? You know, I think about identity and destiny, right, which is one of the trainings that we offer here at Nehemiah, uh, offered at Nehemiah, and know know self. You know, what's my identity? Who am I? Because many folks don't know themselves. But then, Scott, the next point is accept self,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right? Because I got to know me. And here's the thing. I got to know me the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. You know, some people don't like their heritage, well, you got to embrace that, you know some people don't like the family they were born in. you got to embrace that so no self accept self and then develop self. you know no self accept self and develop self good. and 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 as you think about develop well before I go on, Deborah. Your
2: thoughts? Well, I I like this this part about accepting ourselves. It's not. We also have to accept um, where we've made, um, where we have not done our best, where we have um, sinned, and where we have made mistakes, and understand that those are not, um, that those don't keep us from God's love. Mm, We keep ourselves from God's love. If we don't accept that we've made them and that the Lord is, and when we ask sincerely for forgiveness, mm. that the Lord has has wiped our slate clean. Wow! You know, and so if we don't accept that part mm. of it, mm. um, we cannot go on to develop ourselves. We cannot love ourselves. Mm. We certainly can't love others.
0: I love it. I love it, Scott. What, what comes to mind on this discussion is, um, you know, owning yourself. Mm. I mean, what that means to me is. Uh, I ran across a concept recently that if if you're playing in the headspace of that person made me feel that way. Mm. If if somebody else is responsible for your emotions or your mindset, they basically own you is the concept. Good. So uh, that's a scary thought, So right? no
1: one can make you do anything.
0: Right, so own yourself and it goes back to another Stephen no one Kobe, uh, yeah. concept which is be response-able, right? Mm. You're response-able, mm. you're responsible for your own mindset, your own, you know, that, uh, know yourself, mm. that's something you have to take responsibility for. And, um, if somebody else, if you're allowing someone else to control that piece of you, that mm. internal piece, that emotion and that, um, then, then you're not, you're giving up something and you're giving up your response ability I love it. I love
2: it. I think also what goes along with it is um, that forgiveness of mm. uh, that we have to uh, forgive ourselves. Mm. We have to be able to forgive others, mm. so that we're not carrying that along as part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And th- I think that those are hard, hard things for most people to do, um, especially for those who've may have been um, emotionally or physically um, abused in in their lifetime.
1: Wow. So part of knowing me is really knowing the good, the bad, and the ugly. It is. And as part of that, accepting me is forgiving myself for the bad and the ugly. And also not judging myself and recognizing that as ugly as this might be, I think you said it, Scott, he loves me anyway. He loves me just as I am. I love the way the Apostle Paul said, I am what I am. I am what I am. In other words, I, I can't do anything about it. I'm, I'm, I'm African. I'm a male, right? I'm dark. I'm big, loud. You know, I am what I am. I'm, I'm not a professional football player. You know what I mean? I'm not a professional basketball player. You know, I can't sing, right? I am what I am. And coming to that place is often difficult, but it's hard to come there. If you don't have that intimate relationship with God. Because part of it is you seeing yourself as how God sees you versus how you see yourself. Or versus how others see you. Or not seeing yourself through the islands of performance, not seeing yourself based on what you've accomplished. Right? It doesn't he says, you know what, look, your your love for self has should have nothing to do with your degrees, your accomplishments. No. It should have nothing to do with how generous you think you are, and she has nothing to do with how eloquent you are. It has everything to do with who you are in Christ Jesus, right? Now, let's get to others. So I'm going to put others in a general category. If you have time, we're going to break them up. So, you know, what's the one thing, Scott, in extending now that to others?
0: Extending out, walking, walking out with others in the relationship? Um... I I think you know the biggest threat to those relationships is um, again if we're if we're looking to create unity and intimacy the biggest threat is uh, something that we've already touched on which is mindset and um, if you if if you want to avoid that threat the biggest uh, silver bullet is forgiveness and grace and it's just like all through this relationship key. if you. If you, um, the power of grace and, you know, that, that, that grace leads to acceptance. Like, uh, you know, my vendor is charging me, you know, too much, but, you know, and I don't agree, you know, we come, we can't come to terms with it, but, you know, grace in the relationship, like Mm -hmm. there's still ability to extend grace and there's ability to forgive, you know? That in every relationship without that grace and forgiveness, um, you know, it's hard to make all this work.
1: Wow, wow, wow. So you have to have that sense of grace and forgiveness. And it's hard to do that if you've not forgiven yourself, is it? You can't extend that to other people. Deborah.
2: I think that's the hardest part to do, especially when um, oftentimes what I see in others that um, is not uh, favorable is what I really see in myself
0: Mm.
2: (laughs) and uh, and I'm harsh in that judgment right Um, because of what I see Um, and so how do I um, how do I walk through that and as Scott said we know being uh, having grace for the for the relationship trying to see it from their point of view seeing what uh, what do I need to develop and change within myself
1: Uh, Scott You talked earlier about this whole idea of responsible, this whole idea of being being take owning your response. And oftentimes we struggle with loving others, honoring others, because somehow we blame them for our response. Right? Right? Let's talk about it a bit. Because whether it's with your family, your friends, your partners, your investors, your vendors, your customers, because we often say, if you wouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have done that, right? You know, we have to say, well, you do this first. There's this idea where I'm kind of holding you responsible, Deborah, for how I respond. You need to do something so that I can respond the way I should. Let's talk about that. Because it doesn't seem as though the Bible gives us a condition that must be placed before we can respond the way we have to, be, to respond. That's there, excuse,
0: what comes to mind is the um, you know why are you worried about the, the speck in his eye when you got a huge plank in your own eye i mean it, what what i take from what jesus said there is that if you see something in someone else it it's an it's not like an an if it is your problem mm. <laughs> and so to 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 any time i think one thing that I, I would take away from this is anytime I am seeing something like I'm looking at you and I'm saying you need to do this, or you're causing this, or you're making me feel this way, I need to to let that be my red flag to say, okay, wait a second, what do I need to think about in myself? What am I? And it's almost always going to be what do I need to forgive you for? Mm. What am I holding on to that is You know, usually when I ask that question, I'm like, okay, that's a really dumb thing to be holding on to. And I would be embarrassed to even say, hey, I'm forgiving you for this. Uh, But it's still a powerful process. Like, I'm going to forgive for that anyways. And now all of a sudden I feel like, okay, now I'm owning my own stuff. Deb? You
2: know, I think back to just really it's about communication because what you were describing is highly charged, highly emotional. And that's usually because we haven't, we haven't dealt with whatever the problem is. I, we haven't talked, you and I haven't talked about it. We haven't said, this is what happened and this is how I saw it. Is that what you really intended for me to, to receive? Instead, I harbor it, right? And I let it fester and until it comes out into an emotional kind of uh, reaction. And, and if we could do more of, uh, that kind of, co- uh, and I don't even want to call it confrontation, but rather communication with each other and say, you know, this this really bothered me when this happened. Um, I'm not sure what happened here. That's really about building a relationship and, it, and building that respect that we talked about earlier with uh, for each other so that we can come to an understanding and I can say, wow, I didn't hear it that way or I didn't see it that way. Um, I'm really sorry that I, you know, interpret it differently.
0: Can, can I add to that? Um, I, I heard from, uh, Tony Robbins recently. He's got these five disciplines of relationship and the number one is, or I don't know if it's number one, but never question positive intent. And he says, the minute you question positive intent, the relationship is over, you that's know? Right. So that's important. That's, that's like right. a wake up call. Right. But what you're saying is, Hey, I know there's something going on here. Um, but I know that you're a goodwill person mm, That's right. and so let's figure out because what I feel is like, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, not in congruence with that. I know you're a, you have a positive intent. What, let's talk about it.
1: It goes back to love, um, believes all things, right? Mm-hmm. Rejoices in truth, not iniquity, hopes, all things. So um, there's this optimism that comes along that I, I like that. Now, Here's the thing, and then we got to bring it to wrap here. So if I'm going to walk in a relationship with others, whether it's my family, my friends, the investors, my employees, vendors, customers, community, there has this idea where pre-forgiveness, this idea that I am willing to release them from any feelings that I may have even before they do it. I'll Go into the relationship I may get hurt, but it's okay, right and um, th- but the thing that comes to mind which guys should take this class we're gonna get into is you talked about confrontation. Actually, I like the word confrontation because I think oftentimes in highly relational environment we don't confront enough, mm. which allows you know there's this low low there's this false trust which is which is uh which grows out of a lack of confrontation. And I wrote a devotional called "Golly Confrontation, where, and, and I, what's, what's my friend, one of the authors that I love so much, uh, Lencioni, you know, he, he, he talks about, you know, um, healthy conflicts. You know, he talks about the lack of conflict actually creates unhealthy environments, right? So part of this process of, of re- walking out healthy relationships is accepting the fact that there are going to be conflicts. However, it doesn't have to be unhealthy. We have to communicate. We have to seek to understand. We have to process it. We have to be transparent, be open, be honest. But more important than that, we have to do it all in gentility.
0: Another company I used to work for, we would talk about care carefrontation.
1: That's right. That's right. Do it in civility. Think about our politicians today. They can't even talk. <laughs> They can't even talk, right? And oftentimes, we made him that way because guess what? We won't let them talk because the minute our favorite politician agrees with the one that we don't like, we pass judgment on our favorite politician. How dare you like Donald Trump? You must be like him. How dare you like Harry Clinton? How dare you like Obama? How dare you like But In other words, you know, we, we make this pre-judgment that because you agree with that president, somehow you must be like him. When politics, it's all about compromise, right? And really, relationships is about the art of compromise. And it doesn't mean I agree with you, but it means I accept you. It means I understand you. I mean, I agree with it. And so there's a lot more here, but we'll, we'll further discuss this down the line. But let's bring this home. So what's the takeaway, um, Deborah? What would you like to give leave our guests with today? What's the thing that, if they can remember, one thing that you'd like for them to remember?
2: Well, we have relationships in, in all kinds of facets. <laughs> and 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 it's uh, up to us the quality of those relationships. We have control over how we uh, relate to others, how we communicate with them. And it all starts with that foundation with God.
0: Mm. Awesome. Scott? I, I really like the uh, know yourself and Accept self yourself and, and develop. And really, I think that encapsulates all into just own your stuff. Mm. Own your own stuff. Own your own thoughts, feelings, emotions, and don't put that on other people.
1: I love it. I don't know about you guys, but I enjoyed this session. This is deep stuff. It's messy. But you know what? That's what relationship is all about. Hey, if you want more of this, don't forget get that book that when it comes out. And but more important than that, take that class because we're going to deal even deeper. And if we can help you in any way, reach out to us and let us know how we can walk with you as you seek to honor the relationships in your life. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. So subscribe to it so you can automatically get future podcasts. This podcast is now available on iTunes as well as Stitcher. Is that the name Stitcher? Which is the uh, the Android version of iTunes. So if you have a if you have a if you have a non iPhone, you can also have it on your phone. So that whenever we have a new podcast out, you will automatically get it on your phone. And once you're on your phone, you don't need Wi-Fi to listen to it, and you can listen to us anywhere around the world, and one day even on the moon. <laughs> With that said, to subscribe to our podcast, visit our website kbckeys.com, kbckeys.com. Our prayer for you is this. May God give you the grace and favor to build a transformational company that impacts people, planet, is profitable, and impacts eternity. God bless you.
0: Thanks for listening today. To find out more and to discover some great resources, go to KingdomBizCoaching.com. That's Kingdom Biz, B-I-Z, Coaching.com. Contact us. Our email address is info at KingdomBizCoaching.com. And now, may God bless your business today.